Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting here in this luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Certainly not alone. Got Tom Dorian here with me. You sound excited to be here. I'm excited. You're all well, bubbly and bouncy. You can barely contain you. <laughs> I can tell you why. Yeah, why? Because I went to my son's confirmation. Oh, man, yeah. And that was just that was just so much fun. So I think I saw some photos on that, and I could have sworn I saw you on the altar. There I was. Serving as well. You know, I've told people before when I talk about being a deacon. That's a great the, angle. One of the cool things, exactly. One of the cool things about being a deacon mm-hmm. is I get to stand up there, you know, right next to the guy doing the thing. Can't you get know? a better seat than that. It's a nice seat. Yeah. So when the priest is confecting the Eucharist, mm-hmm. I'm just right next to there, just kind of, hey, what's going on? Look, oh, hey, there's <laughs> Jesus. That's just kind of cool. That's totally cool. You know, I just want to be, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know if I would have wanted to be one of the 12 apostles, you know, but I would have liked to have been like, like the 13th like, guy. They, yeah, or, the, or the guy that's serving. The water boy. Yeah. You know? Because you got to. Are you, are you important? No, I'm just watching. <laughs> but I want to be close. Yeah. You know, and it was just kind of neat. And to sit there. And what's one of the cool things about, I was the, I was the deacon. I was assisting the bishop and I was, I was holding the chrism. So I've got the sacred chrism in my little hands here, and I kind of reach it out after he's as he reaches over for it, you know, and allow him to to dip his thumb in it. And then I get to watch him trace that chrism in the form of a cross on the forehead of each each child going by. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so cool about that is you don't even realize it when you're sitting in the seats in the pews way out there. Mm-hmm. But close up, you can see that the the chrism actually has like a texture to it. It does. It's a thick kind of a. Maybe oil. even the oil. it's a very thick oil. It's almost mm-hmm. gelatinous. It's not. It's not like Jello, but it. But it is got a mm-hmm. thickness to it, and it rises up. It. It sits on the forehead of the person, hmm. and I can actually see the the, the, tr- the cross traced yeah. on their forehead, and, yeah. and and the lighting, you know, and it's just really neat. It's very profound. So Eli comes up. Yeah, my boy Eli did got you confirmed. No, I did. I did. I did you know, grin like a mule eating briars, <laughs> as they say down here in the South. <laughs> I was definitely a happy man. That's cool. And it was just, it was neat to be there, to be part of that, um, uh, that experience and to watch the Holy Spirit just come upon you, my son. Do you think just, Eli appreciated your perspective on that? You know, I, I think Eli, one of the things we do, I've got nine kids, obviously. And so mm-hmm. one of the things we do is we, we take these kind of moments very seriously in our family. And, and obviously we, you know... I, I like to write a note to each child mm-hmm. and just tell them just profoundly how much I love them and how their mom and and I are so proud of them, mm-hmm. you know. And so they, they know. Mm-hmm. They know it's important to us. And they so I think they would recognize it's important to them. But, you know, it actually was interesting while I was standing there. I was actually thinking a lot about my own confirmation. Okay. You know, and, and while that the, the evening... When my son Elijah was being confirmed, was a, a, a joyous occasion. Mm-hmm. I actually thought back, and I, there was a little tinge of sadness for me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, you know, I was thinking I don't remember my confirmation. It's kind of a blur. It's you know, and I, and I'm I'm 54 years old. I'm not too old, mm-hmm. and I know there's some people that remember that stuff 
but maybe I wasn't the best Catholic. Maybe I wasn't the most profoundly Catholic family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got confirmed, and I just have these little fleeting images of that time mm-hmm. in my life. And one of the things I remember most profoundly about that time and about my confirmation was burlap. <laughs> do you remember those banners? All the, all the artsy stuff you yeah. had to do to prepare. They were like these these big burlap banners with these these felt figures on them. That you was know, kind of the burlap. era, though. Yeah, it was. But so I, I have that image in my head. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess the sadness is <laughs> I started thinking, you know, was the Holy Spirit dormant? Did he did he kind of like come upon me? I didn't really feel anything. I don't remember feeling anything. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wondered, like, well, what are these kids feeling? What are they? What are they thinking? And uh, you know, and and so I started wondering in my life, did it matter that I got confirmed? When do you remember your confirmation, Tom? You know, I don't. I don't remember the burlap. I do remember the burlap era, though. Yeah. Uh, but I, I remember my confirmation. You do? Yeah, I remember my confirmation name. I remember my sponsor. I remember the whole process. Did did the did the bishop like? He didn't slap your face. You're not that old, are you? No, he didn't yeah. slap my face. Well, because you know, the, in the older days, there used to be like a little slap from the bishop on your face, or a touch. Well, but you know, that's what they did in that sort of transitional period, stirring the Holy Spirit up. I'm sure. Yeah, something like like or me, like wake up. Yeah, yeah, Tom, you're going to sleep. Yeah. don't don't sleep in front. Stay of with us. Stay with us. <laughs> yeah, but I remember, you know, some of it. I don't. I, I'm sure I'm like you, and that I didn't appreciate what was happening to me, right? And yeah. completely understand it, but. Enough to you be dangerous, it? yeah. Yeah, well, what about right after that? Did you have experiences where you knew that you'd been confirmed? I mean, in other words... Did, where you see the Holy Spirit working? Yeah, because, see, that's yeah. the thing. I, 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 Well, but see, at the time, I didn't recognize any of that as the Holy Spirit. I would agree with you on that. Because I, I think that... But when the, you reflect, you know, it's like you've heard me say before, privately, if not on this show, that you can see God and the Holy Spirit very clearly in your rear, rear view mirror. Exactly right. Hard to see Him when it's happening... Well, unless you're aware, and we'll talk about that later, but but I do, but I, I agree with you. And as I look back, I remember specifically thinking I'm not particularly holy, and things aren't going great as a younger man for me. I, I didn't have a great youth in terms of my spirituality. Mm-hmm. I was a normal kid, I guess, in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of folks are that way, especially guys. We kind of just start, start trucking through life, yeah. You know, through high school into college, you know, and we'll make some fairly typical mistakes that guys make. You know, and and a lot of that, I think, hinges on the lack of awareness of the Holy Spirit in my oh, life. Yeah. So much so that I think that there might have been a time in my later life where I might have looked back and thought that the Holy Spirit was dormant, as if the Holy Spirit could go dormant. You could argue that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, now I think I, I don't think that's even possible. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. But I, I could see how somebody would argue that. Yeah, and think that, like, he wasn't here. He didn't, he wasn't, you know. Right. You remember that poem... Um, that uh, that's it's out there. One of those little kind of syrupy, sweet kind of poems that people always like frame and put in their bathroom wall. You like know? the green eggs and a ham poem. No, not that one. That oh. may have been your family, but yeah. but but we always had that poem about the the like footprints in the sand. You oh, know, yeah. yeah. You've heard that thing with two sets of prints, right? And then the, but there's and all only sudden one. one Where did you go, Where'd Jesus? You go? Yeah. I was carrying yeah. you. <laughs> you know, and there's this thing about God being present in our lives. It's, right. He, Especially when we need it most, when we need him most. Right. When we need his presence most, he's there. And we just don't always realize that. And I think that's the way the Holy Spirit has always been. Absolutely. For me. I, right? I believe that. Because as I look back, it was interesting to hear uh, the bishop's homily 
mm-hmm. when he was confirming uh, my son, along with you know I think a hundred other kids that mm-hmm. were from our parish. You know, he had this great homily, and I was thinking, like, are they hearing this? Because I'm listening now. Maybe it's I'm listening now because I didn't listen back then. Mm-hmm. You know, now I get to hear the, finally I get to hear the confirmation homily. Mm-hmm. And he said some really profound things, you know, and it helped me to see that even if I am not aware of it, the Holy Spirit is at work. Oh, yeah. Right? And as a, and as a young man, I think back and think, well, when was the Holy Spirit at work then? Mm-hmm. And like instantly, it was just so funny is how I think the Holy Spirit kind of brings things to your heart, brings them to your mind. It makes them very clear to you when you recount your past, especially when you ask him. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember thinking like, well, so when was the Holy Spirit actually there? Mm-hmm. And immediately I get this uh, image of the Kiss concert. You know, now before you not the Kiss concert, the Kiss the concert. Kiss, man, back when I was a kid, Where that was, was the this? thing. Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland, Kiss, Florida. Wow. Yeah, Kiss shows up in Lakeland, Florida, and so I made the trek over to Lakeland, Florida with a couple of friends. Were you on vacation or something? No, I used to live in Florida. lived in Yeah, I lived in wow. that part of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, I just learned something new. About so, Deacon so I spent uh, I spent some I spent four years in Florida. But anyway, so okay. Kiss was really big back then. Mm-hmm. You know. Huge. Maybe big now, I don't know. But but my point is back then yeah, for a kid still you know, is, dude. With, Come the, on. with the makeup and all that stuff. Yeah. I didn't put the makeup on. I could see you. But I do remember being at that concert. Uh-huh. And I remember the most ominous word that was ever spoken to me at that time was some long haired hippie looking dude. Mm-hmm. Remember this is the seventies. Yeah. Leans forward, you know, as we're in the hall, you know, kind of waiting to go in. He leans forward, he's got his fingers pinched together. And he leans forward and offers me something, and he says, "Dude, <laughs> you know." And I've heard I'm thinking that <laughs> it wasn't a pen. <laughs> it was not a pen. It was something else. No, you know he he offered me he offered me something, and I re- I remember. I mean, I knew it was drugs. I mean, I knew it was marijuana. I, I knew that. Yeah. Because you could smell it. You know, yep. and, and it was the rock concert thing from the seventies. And and I got to tell you. There was a part of me that just suddenly just turned over. My stomach turned, and and there was an immediate negative response, a pit in my stomach Mm -hmm. that immediately showed up when he did that. Went, dude, Mm -hmm. and so naturally, my first response as the skinny little pale you know teenager Mm -hmm. was to go, no, thank you, sir, you know, (laughs) and and I think, well, was that what my good upbringing? Maybe it was some of that, but I, I really think. In a profound way, that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are implanted, that are etched into our very soul. They're they're arrows in the quiver that we that we use, and we don't even always know it. We just mm-hmm. reach back for that arrow, and boom, there it was. Mm-hmm. And so I refused the dude. Yeah, you know, and it's like, how many times in my life have I experienced that later, and I still kind of remember and still feel that pit in my stomach. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. That's cool. Did you have... I did. You know, it's funny you say that because I had the exact, almost not quite the same experience, but it was drugs. Yeah. And I had a guy that offered me some drugs in front of three really good-looking girls. Oh, so challenge. And I said no. And when I said no, they laughed at me and they taunted me. And I don't know where this came from. I don't know where that strength came from. Obviously, the Holy Spirit. But I was able to say, I was able to hold my ground. And said, no, it's just not for me. I'm going to pass. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, no kidding. You may not have known it then. In fact, you were embarrassed and like 
gee, God, thanks for leaving me high and dry. The pretty girls are making fun of me. Yeah. But that, really, the Holy, the Holy Spirit was there helping you out. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, we got more to talk about with the Holy Spirit and, and your experiences with the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, you're going to think about these. But uh, before we do that, I want to take a break. Um, and I uh, want to remind you also to send me an email. Tell me about your experiences with the Holy Spirit. Send that email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And Spirit Willing, we will be right back after this. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Tradition tells us that the parents of Mary, the mother of God, were named Joachim and Anne. Not much is known of the details of their lives, but they have become the focus of great admiration and veneration. This is most assuredly due to the fact that their daughter Mary was the humble virgin chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world, and an example for all Christians. One story tells us that after they were married, Saints Joachim and Anne greatly desired to have a family. They tried, however, for many years to conceive. It was thought that St. Anne was barren. Things looked hopeless. They did not lose their faith, however. They prayed continually to God for the blessing of a child. One night, an angel appeared and said that God had indeed heard them, and they would receive the child for which they so fervently prayed. On that very night, in thankfulness, St. Anne promised to dedicate her child to God. Not long after that, Mary was born. Many have wondered how the church can honor as saints those whom we know little about. In the case of Saints Joachim and Anne, we need only look at their important role as the parents of Mary, the young girl who would freely offer herself in service to God and all mankind. Regardless of the details of their lives, we know that as parents in a good Jewish family, they would be responsible for Mary's upbringing. They were Mary's teachers. They fed her, nurtured her, encouraged her, and supported her even in the moment of accepting God's call to be the mother of God. It was their dedication to living a holy life that God used to serve as an example for Mary. In fact, what she learned from her parents, she most naturally would use in bringing up the child Jesus. And it was her parents' faith that laid the foundation for Mary's consolation and acceptance of God's will at the foot of her son's cross. Saints Joachim and Anne serve as an example for all married couples in bringing up their children to willingly accept the vocations to which they are called in service to God. As early as the 4th century, a church was built by St. Helena, mother of Constantine, on the site where the sainted couple lived in Jerusalem. Saints Joachim and Anne are often depicted in artwork holding Mary and teaching her to read from the sacred scriptures. Their feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on July 26th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Tom Dorn, and we are talking about the Holy Spirit, the Good Holy God. Ghost. Good God, enough. Talking about confirmation and talking about whether the Holy Spirit is active in our lives. And I think we've determined that the Holy Spirit is active in our lives. He is. You know, and it's like he is alive. 
he is not dormant. No. And, and, and that part in and of itself is exciting to know. Totally. But it helps us to also know that, like, in, in those sacraments, specifically, like, uh, at our baptism, but also in Eucharist, but especially at confirmation, mm-hmm. something really does happen. Yeah, it's not necessarily what we're doing. It's what's being done to us. Amen. Now, we want to be willing participants. Totally. And that makes what is done upon us like what comes to us even more vibrant and more active in our lives. Right. Which is kind of interesting because I started thinking like, well, wait a second. So if all this stuff is real, which I know it to be real, but you know, as a young man, you, you wonder, right. As a little, yeah. when you're being conformed at, confirmed at like 14 or whatever, you know, you're wondering, it's like, is this all real? Yeah. Because a lot, you're in a transitory. Half of, half of the time, you're not even thinking that you're just going through the motions. Yeah. Saying, Hey, that girl's pretty cute. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, I understand that. No, you're exactly right. But but certainly, we have doubts in life. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to know, and reaffirming, reassuring, and uplifting to know that this is all real. That is real. That something really happens. Mm-hmm. And there was something that was said that was really powerful in the bishop's homily. Bishop mm-hmm. Terry Stive gave the the homily there um, uh, for the diocese of Memphis at the confirmation. So my son Eli is listening to this. I don't know if he heard this, but maybe he'll hear this show, and so he'll sort of rehear it. But there was something that the bishop said that really kind of lit my fire. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not, it's not a direct quote, but it's pretty close. He said, if the Holy Spirit's active in your life, even when you don't realize it, imagine the possibilities if we ask him to be active in our life. In other words, if we invite him. So the Holy Spirit's kind of working in the background, but what if we put him in the foreground? Mm-hmm. And what if we like, like invite him into our everyday life? Imagine the possibilities. That's massive power. Exactly. And you know, you, you sit there and think, oh man, the world, we're struggling with this and with the, with the politics and with the poor uh, and the disease and the racism and the bigotry and the problems that we have. You think all these issues, but imagine... Imagine if every, everyone suddenly became Catholic and everyone got confirmed and the Holy Spirit anointed every single person in the United States of America and the world. That would be heaven, wouldn't it? I don't know, man. I think that'd be pretty good. That'd be close. Because essentially we would all be allowing the Holy Spirit to work. And, and if we all knew that and made this conscious decision to invite him in, mm-hmm. it changes everything. And I, and I got to say, Tom, as guys, we are so busy relying on ourselves and pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. And I don't need this and I don't need that. I don't need a crutch or, or, you know, I guess it's up to me to kind of earn all the money or to do all the things or to make the big decisions or to whatever. And a lot of times we lay back as guys, Right. We're not as strong of fathers or sons or brothers or whatever. And and the thing is, if we knew always and in the forefront, we knew that we had the Holy Spirit there as an ongoing, continuous companion to inspire us, to guide us, to lead us. Don't you think that would make a difference? You know, you would think that after what Christ said to the apostles, you know, after he came back, after he rose back. Oh, yeah. You would think. That we would do that. And I will send you another counselor. Yeah, because he kind of said, hey, I'm going to send you the spirit. I'm going to send you the paraclete. Right. He's going to lead you into all truth. Yeah. Uh, and you think, you're exactly right. So if In if, other words, the Holy Spirit would be our go-to guy before yeah. God the Father or, or his son. 
You well, know what it, I mean? At least we wouldn't be dropping him out of the equation. Right. We, we You know, so many of us have a duinity. <laughs> I just made that word up. Yeah, I don't write it here. Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's like duality. or something. I don't know what it's supposed to be. But the thing is, so many of us, you know, it's so easy for us to... Forget the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we, we talk to God the Father. Like, right? When we want to move mountains, when we want to cure cancer, when we want to, you know, lift ourselves out of bankruptcy or whatever, whenever there's something big that seems insurmountable, let's go to God the Father. Yeah. When we want a brother, we want someone to walk along beside us to kind of who feels pain like we do and someone to put their arm around us. Go to Jesus. There's the son. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if we ever spend enough time praying to inviting the Holy Spirit into like our everyday lives. I don't think we do. I'm, I'm guilty in that regard. Well, it's, it's, it's I'm better than I used to be, but I am guilty in that oh, regard. Oh, yeah, you're better. I see a little flame over your head. If they yeah. made like a little statue of you, have a little flame like St. Jude over your head. Maybe I'll start speaking in tongues here shortly. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Uh, and that'd be a beautiful thing, Tom. It would be. I'll be here to interpret. Tom wants a bologna sandwich. That's what he's saying in tongues. No, <laughs> all kidding aside. call it a Dorian, or a Dorian. calls it a Dorian. A Dorian. Yeah. So look, you know, you're exactly right. So we have to invite the Holy Spirit. We have to pray to the Holy Spirit and li- literally do what you're talking about. When Jesus says, hey, here comes the Holy Spirit. He's coming, right? I'm ascending to heaven. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit's coming. Bring right. it. So, which is why we should be spending a lot more time focusing in, like, in our in our, our, our liturgical season and understanding the beauty of Easter, the resurrection, all these things that happen here, but it's not done. Mm-mm. Right? The church is essentially born or perfected or when the promised Holy Spirit comes, when we celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost. And so now when we go to, you know, we go to Pentecost and it's, you know, interesting. A lot of people go to, you know, we'll go to mass and, and like, why, why is everybody wearing red? Oh, no. Right. Why is he wearing red? It's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and so the church celebrates this. And so you're right. Why, why it should, Holy Spirit should be on the tip of our tongue always. Should. Because Jesus said it. Mm-hmm. He, he promised it. You know, he promised him. He promised the Holy Spirit would he would be here. And so we should recognize that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, again, I think that would change not only our lives, but it would change the world. I mean, literally. I mean, we think of all the problems that we have. And we think, like, what are we going to do? And just having somebody in some hospital research lab cure cancer, that will be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to save the world. Because Jesus said, the poor will always be among you. Mm-hmm. We're always going to have trials and tribulations, difficulties. We're always going to have grief and sadness, struggles. It's always going to be here because of the human condition, because of the fall, because we invited that in from the very beginning, and we always have to make that choice. And so if we know that we always have the Holy Spirit, it's going to change everything. It will. And so that's something that we've got to do. So we've got to pray to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit. Like into our daily lives. Not, so, so how do you do that? Well, I think that it's interesting. A lot of people say, "Well, like, oh, that you 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 preach such a beautiful homily, Deacon. Mm-hmm. You you said that it was a, such a great talk. You know, I do missions, I do you know parish missions and uh, retreats and things like that. And invariably, people will compliment sometimes the the, the presentation. Mm-hmm. You know, and so someone pictures that, and they're being nice, and I and I truly do like the affirmation. I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a, it's it's wonderful. 
Uh, and I try to remain humble. You know, it's hard for me to be humble, Tom. I have to admit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, you know, but at the same time. I would agree with that. But at the same time. <laughs> thank you. At the same time, I tell people, it's like, you have to understand. It's not you speaking. It's the Holy Spirit. I pray to the yeah. Holy Spirit before I do anything like this at all. There is a, I have just learned. you're not reading notes. I know that about you. I just, I, I talk from Our audience heart. doesn't know that about you. Well, I, I, I've used notes before, but you're mm-hmm. right. I talk off the cuff, and a lot of people think like, well, how do you just make all that stuff up on the fly? It's like, I'm not making it up, and it's not on the fly. It's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's on the wings of the dove. It's not sure. on the fly. I mean, it's literally, and I, I just, I trust my ordination. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when the bishop put his hands on my head. Now, it doesn't mean that I am suddenly like this, this font of wisdom <laughs> that you should always listen to. And certainly my, my wife and kids remind me of that daily. <laughs> but the point is, when it comes to the faith, I trust that God is going to speak through me, that the Holy Spirit is going to come through me. But I invite him. But see, like Tom, consciously invite them. You you've told me about you know you've got situations in your very household. We all do. Oh yeah. So would you say that it's fair you know to invite the Holy Spirit into those? Yeah, I just want to hear your answer. I, that's exactly what I do before I engage in a conversation that's going to be difficult or you know you want to teach somebody something, especially in your family. You better be inviting the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, and, and when you do, it it really is amazing to hear what comes out of your mouth. To hear what comes out of your your kids' mouths, it's kind of cool. The Holy Spirit is viral. Yeah, just like bad stuff is viral. A virus is viral. Yeah, but man, the Holy Spirit is viral. Oh, and so yeah. when you invite him in, he like just starts moving. You know, it's like lightning going through the room. You know, he's like, he's he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's so le- and he multiplies. It's just so beautiful to see that. So when you talk about changing the world, basically what you're talking about is everybody's doing the same thing. Amen. And we all see the Holy Spirit Which work. brings me to this next the little point. The body of Christ. I don't want to, end, I don't want to end, show, end the show until I've said this. I encounter people every day, adult Catholics who have not been confirmed. Good point. You've got to get confirmed. That's Great where you're point. sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you want to live the Holy Spirit in your life, be sealed with those gifts. Great right? point. Have that sacred chrism rubbed onto your forehead by the bishop. What a powerful gift that is. Yeah, don't be bashful. Come, Holy Spirit. We need to pray to the Spirit. In fact, that's how we're going to end the show. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of us, your faithful, and enkindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online download mp3s or take advantage of our podcast feature if you'd like to contact deacon jeff send an email to deacon jeff at the catholic cafe.com the catholic cafe is brought to you by the order of malta federal association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from j terry stive bishop of memphis in tennessee join us again at the catholic cafe 
There's always room for one more at our table. 